Hello, Trash Crusaders. Welcome to episode six of Save Trash Cinema, the podcast, where exploitation and exploration come together. It is I, your humble host, your guide through trash cinema, and your friendly neighborhood garbage can, Cayman Darty. And on today's episode, we're tackling the most infamous bad movie of all time in our first ever audience submission, The Room. But before we get into that, let me introduce you to the owner of an orange Mazda RX and Veilside FD. It makes me call him Han behind closed doors. My wonderful co-host, Patrick Schweigert. If I had read that before, I would have had the Tokyo Drift audio ready to play. <laughs> but I didn't because I'm a bad co-host uh, well, of this podcast, Trave Sash Cinema. Uh, and, you know, but I, I'm honored by... Honestly, if I could... At any point in my life being compared to Han, I've lived a life worth living. Sure. That's all I'll say. Well, on to our very special guest for today's show. He's got muscles where you wouldn't imagine muscles could even be located. Hint, it's in the groinal region. My good friend and our very own resident expert on all things the room, Nick Sowalski. Nicholas, how are you today? Thank you all so much. I am great. Other than losing my voice, you know, I had to inspire the moms. I have Nick, to. Nick, you've been saying that for the last 20 years I've known you. Just admit that you've been smoking cigarettes from birth. It's, it's time to admit it. You know what? I have to keep the health facade going. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> well, before we jump into the actual movie, let's do a little quick housekeeping. We'd love it if you rated and reviewed the podcast on the podcast app of your choice. Don't forget, you can be on the show by emailing us your thoughts and questions to savetrashcinema at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Twitter at savetrashcinema or on Instagram at Save Trash Cinema as well. If you've been paying attention to the feed, you might have noticed that last week we dropped the very first mini-sode for Save Trash Cinema. We will be continuing to release mini-sodes in between our normal episodes, so make sure to stay tuned for those because we have some very exciting content coming down the pipeline very soon. Well, with the housekeeping out of the way cheep, and the introductions cheep, 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 out of the way, cheep, cheep, cheep. why don't we go ahead and do a little overview of The Room. The Room is a black comedy, and I say that with heavy emphasis on the quotations, since this is definitely not designed to be a comedy. The film was released <laughs> in 2003 <laughs> for a single day in around 600 theaters. Uh, some trivia. I, I, I was so thrown off by that this was only released for a single day. I didn't know that. This is, that's amazing. Uh, some more trivia. According to Greg Sestero, Tommy Wiseau submitted the film to Paramount, hoping to get them as the distributor. Usually, it takes about two weeks to get a reply. This movie, however, was rejected within 24 hours, which, <laughs> honestly, they probably watched 15 seconds and were like, nah, next. Yep. <laughs> the Room would go on becoming one of the largest cult classics in history and would help make internet culture what it is today. As for the film itself, it follows Johnny, played by Tommy Wiseau, a successful bank executive who lives quietly in a San Francisco townhouse with his fiance Lisa. One day, putting aside any scruple, she seduces Johnny's best friend Mark, played by Greg Sestero, 
From there, nothing will be the same again. The film stars Greg Sestero and the enigma himself, Tommy Wiseau. Now, Greg Sestero would not find much success in the film industry per se, but his autobiography, The Disaster Artist, My Life Inside the Room, the greatest bad movie ever made, would go on to be turned into a critically acclaimed motion picture called Just The Disaster Artist. Some trivia on The Disaster Artist. So after low ticket sales of The Room, the film was almost immediately pulled from cinemas. Tommy Wiseau paid to keep the film playing in one cinema for two weeks so that it would be eligible for Oscar nominations. This guy, he he really had high aspirations thinking that this could be an Oscar nominated film. Yeah. Uh, this, it proved to be a fruitless attempt, obviously, as the film didn't receive any nominations. Ironically, <laughs> The Disaster Artist, the film based on the book that Cayman just mentioned, was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for the Oscars. Yeah. The Disaster Artist was directed by James Franco and starred himself, his brother Dave Franco, Seth Rogen, Allison Brie, and Josh Hutcherson, amongst other large names, including a cameo. From one Brian Cranston. It's also streaming on Netflix right now. So if you don't want to suffer through the room itself, you can at least see how the train wreck was made there. Now, the room, it runs for an hour and 31 minutes, the longest hour and 31 minutes of your entire life. And somehow, unbelievably, one might say, has gotten a Rotten Tomato score of 23%. I just... I... I don't understand how it can have anything more than 10% on Rotten Tomatoes because like yeah. part of it, it is a fun film to watch. Like I, this might be blasphemy to, to one came in infinitely. Uh, I enjoy this movie more than Samurai Cop. So like there is, it, it deserves some points on the board, but 23% is still at least double what it, what it deserves. Well, unfortunately, as of this recording, you can no longer stream the room on YouTube or anywhere and are now relegated to having to purchase the film from whichever outlet you'd like. The good news, however, is that you can purchase the film directly from www.tommywiseau.com, and you can get yourself a bundle of The Room on Blu-ray and a pair of boxer briefs for only $20. You're all so... But his marketing strategies, even when he released the film and having the bill billboard, yeah, it's incredible. Is he he is a visionary. He's an auteur. He, <laughs> yes. yeah. He he is bigger than any of us. That's for sure. It's black comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, with our overview out of the way, why don't we take a little bit of time and discuss some initial thoughts? Why don't we start with you, Patrick? Tell me what you think about the room. I mean, it's this movie is legendary. Like it, there's so many. It's it's maybe one of the most quotable movies that has ever existed the the performances of Tommy and Greg and and everyone else that I forget the the kid's name the the boy that follows him around that's obsessed with him what's his name Denny 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 is amazing like it this was such a comedy of errors in every sense of the phrase top to bottom where what they ended up making became so much bigger than it had any right to be because of simply how bad it is and it, look, five out of five already. Five out of five already. Well, Nick, why don't you tell us what you think about The Room? Yeah, absolutely. And um, audience, excuse my voice. I coach, so I have lost it, but I'm here. So it was a great, great honor to um, 
read the book before watching the movie and really seeing um, the passion of art. Because in one sense, Tommy, no matter how awful people think the film is, it was a pursuit of gratering himself and getting into the business. Sure. So like, it's amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it. And also when you have millions of dollars from a business you used to run that you won't tell anybody about. Right. But like, it's so, I, I, I totally agree with you because even though he didn't get Oscar nominations, he didn't get like what he thought he wanted. Yeah. He got every bit of fame that he wanted because yeah. of this movie, just not 100%. the way that he thought he would get it. And I'm sure for him, just getting it is the ultimate win, even though it wasn't in the way he wanted it to be. Agreed. I mean, we just watching the movie, reading the book, this film did not go the way he wanted it to. And right. that's part of his fault. Sure. Extremely. Sure. Oh, yeah. But for him to adapt and be like, you know what? People aren't going to see this as a the Tennessee Williams. Yeah. They're going to see it as an awful black comedy with no structure for him to be like, if that's what I have to do to get my footprint, to be like everyone else, my dream, then I'll accept it. I mean, it really is inspiring even how awful, yeah. awful the film is. Well, with those initial thoughts out of the way, I think it's a perfect time to jump in to the room. A perfect world. These are for you. Thanks, honey. They're beautiful. A perfect life. I would do anything for my girl. I love you, Lisa. I treat you like a princess. And you stab me in the back. The Room, a film with the passion of Tennessee Williams, directed by Tommy Wiseau. The best movie of the year. Experience this quirky new black comedy. It's a riot. Tommy, Tommy comes home to find his fiance Lisa. He bought her a red dress. She tries it on, and he's impressed. Their young neighbor, Denny, comes down and pesters them. We're starting off quick with some trivia came in. According to Tommy, Denny has some sort of mental disorder, which explains his behavior in the film. Philip Haldeman, the actor playing Denny, was not told about this. What a, what a shock for <laughs> Denny to, to find that out after the fact that... You know what, Patrick? A lot of them didn't know what the scene was. Sure, sure. he would not share it. It's, There's so, it's amazing. So much, so much context is always left out. Well, Tommy says to Denny that he's going to go take a nap, and Lisa is going to join him. But Denny wants to come too. They have a pillow fight, and Denny joins them. He says he likes to watch them, but Johnny kicks him out anyway. They have sex. Boom! Boom. Right out the gate. And this is like the longest sex scene since Samurai Cop, which With I actually great did music. The time. Three <laughs> and a half minutes long. Yeah. No, this really, it is with the amount. Did you happen to time all of them by chance? Uh, well, I actually no. do have like a total sex. Okay, great, great. Minute. Because nice. it has to okay. be it, like, yeah. It's like it was softcore awkward. porn at this point. Yeah. Like the amount of sex that's in this movie, it's, it is straight up softcore porn. Um, sex number but, one. Yeah. Uh, so this, um, some trivia as well. The film's editor tried to convince Tommy to cut the shot of his naked butt 
from the movie on the ground uh, that the sight of it's because he, he said that the sky, the sight of it scared his wife, the, the editor's <laughs> wife, which is amazing. The next morning, Lisa's mother comes over and Lisa informs her mother she doesn't love Johnny anymore. They bicker back and forth about how great Johnny is. And her mother mentions that Johnny's getting a promotion soon. Then she leaves. Lisa so, calls. Yes. If yeah. I may. So something that we sure, didn't address, mm-hmm. which I think we should just address from the top is this movie reminds me a lot of Samurai Cop in that I'm pretty sure all of the audio was recorded in post. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know that a single or close to it or close to it. Like it has to be at least 80 percent of this movie. Yep. The audio was recorded in post and they did a shit job of lining it up there's so many times when their mouths aren't moving and we're in line start or they finished speaking like physically and then they still have like three seconds of dialogue the entire movie it's mm-hmm. amazing well lisa calls johnny's best friend mark they agree to meet the next day at noon fast forward to the next day and mark comes over to see lisa she comes on to him he doth protest but alas, she seduces him and they, you guessed it, have sex. After sex, he laments that this was a terrible, terrible idea. Johnny then goes to a flower shop. He meets a dog. He's also the flower shop attendant's favorite customer. There is no semblance of any plot at this point, really. No, nope. but some trivia about this. My personal favorite scene of the movie uh, the famous Oh Hi Doggy line was improvised on the spot when Tommy noticed the tiny pug dog sitting on the counter of the flower shop he was filming the scene in. Nobody else in the crew noticed the dog as it sat perfectly still on the counter, probably because, according to the flower shop lady, the dog was really old. He took a liking to Doggy, fascinated by its quietness and cuteness. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and play for the audience a little clip from the flower shop scene? Hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Here you go. Keep the chance. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> there is so much to unpack. There is so much to unpack with that scene. Like... It is so obvious that the scene is rehearsed. Like no, it, no transaction ever is that yeah. quick in a store. Like, oh, it's eighteen dollars. Boom, oh, here you go. Oh, you're my favorite customer. Also, I love that she doesn't recognize him yeah, because he has, he has sunglasses. sunglasses. On. He does. Yeah, he has sunglasses. The on. sunglasses completely Incognito. change what is one of the most like noticeable Foolish. looks of Tom. Like Tommy Wiseau's look in general, he's so recognizable, but she he's has like no a- idea it's him. He's like a mixture between a vampire and a half-melted wax figure. Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's just so amazing. Like, if you look into the history of this movie, they're so over production time. They're so oh, really? over filming time. And this was just something he added on. They didn't want to spend the money to be like, we need to rent it out. They just said, hey, I'll give you some money. Can you just say these lines? It's incredible. Just like the football throwing scene yeah. in the park. Same day. It's it, incredible. It's and also I love that he threw in the line, You're my favorite customer. <laughs> like just it was like the most narcissistic. Like it's he just had to throw a, that in. Like the whole movie where they always thing. say, Tommy's a great man. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. The whole movie is Tommy just getting jerked off the whole time. Yeah. Well, the next scene, Denny, 
the apparently mentally challenged young boy comes over and asks Lisa if he can kiss her. This scene just exists. Yep. And there's nothing else to say about it. Nope, there sure isn't. Johnny comes home with flowers that presumably he just bought from the doggy flower shop. Lisa asks if he got the promotion. He did not. She asks him if he wants a pizza. He says he doesn't care. Joke's on him. She already ordered a pizza. You think of everything, Lisa. She tells him he needs she tells him he needs a drink. But Tommy responds that he doesn't drink. Everyone knows this. She forces him to drink, however. She tells him to make love to her. And you guessed it again. They have sex. So we're what? 15 minutes into this movie, if that. Yeah, and it's if pretty that. much half of it's been sex. Half of it has been sex so far. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some, some trivia on this after filming the first love scene, it's very kind to call it a love scene. (laughs) Tommy decided to write in a second love scene, but Juliet Danielle, who plays Lisa was uncomfortable with that idea as a compromise. The second love scene between Johnny and Lisa was created from unused shots from the first love scene, which is why the candles are already lit when they arrive. That's amazing. We next see Lisa and her mother talking about Johnny's birthday party. She says she definitely has breast cancer. This is not brought up again. And the way she <laughs> delivers the line. She literally the most, says, and I, I definitely cancer. have breast cancer. Yeah. Patrick, as people who have been in the theater world, you know when people deliver their lines uh-huh. the same exact way. Yeah. I have breast cancer. Yeah. It was like this poor woman. It is poor woman. It, it was the most casual announcement of cancer I think the world has ever seen. She has no feelings about it. Doesn't bother. In fact, she's totally content that she has breast cancer, is what she just told us. She has conquered it (laughs) before. Yeah, she must have. It's fine. Uh, According to Tommy, Lisa's mother makes a full recovery from her breast cancer, but I don't believe this is covered in the film at all. Nope. I guess it just made all the people who are really worried about Lisa's mother having breast cancer, like, this just can ease all of their fear. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Lisa tells her mother that Johnny did not get the promotion, that he got drunk, and he hit her. Her mother says it doesn't matter because Johnny provides financial security. <laughs> and then she just leaves. We are now treated to another scene that makes no fucking sense. Mike and Michelle, two characters we haven't seen before on screen. Thank you. Before, yeah. They walk into Johnny and Lisa's apartment to quote unquote study, except they aren't studying. They're going to fuck which I want to point out is the only time in the film where characters fuck that we don't actually see them fuck. And thank God. Thank God. Honestly, as they're finishing scrounging around Lisa and her mother show up, Denny comes in immediately after to borrow some baking ingredients. This it's like, it it feels like Tommy had seven different scripts that he had written. And he just couldn't figure out like which one made sense. So he just pushed them all together into one script. Agreed. Because like there's there's just seemingly no through line at all. It's just like these random scenes that are co- that are put together that are like he's trying to make make sense, but they don't make sense. He um it's almost like when he reads the Tennessee Williams, he sees the side characters and he's like, I guess I gotta have another plot line. Yeah. What they I, yeah, you know it's it's in this scene, and I I think the idea behind it is because like immediately after we find out that Johnny wanted to adopt Denny, 
and is paying for Denny to live in the apartment. And it's, it's feels so disjointed. Like it's disconnected from any sort of reality. And the two scenes do not match at all in any sort of tonal structure. Um, So you can see that there is some glimpse of like, Hey, I'm trying to make this work. It just fails so miserably. (laughs) So miserably. Yeah. And so at the end of that scene, Lisa's mother straight up just gets up and she just goes, bye bye. And walks the fuck out the door. And we are where we are. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> we cut to the rooftop. Denny has a basketball. He has a basketball. And he is confronted by a character named Chris R. Chris R demands Denny give him his money. He goes so far as to pull a gun on Denny. Then Mark and Johnny come out of the rooftop and attack Chris R. While Lisa and her mother look on in astonishment. Denny tells the two women that he owes Chris R money because he bought drugs off of him and didn't pay up. I can't do this anymore, guys. I can't. <laughs> this shit. We don't blame you. <laughs> if this is this is classic raising of stakes. Yeah. You no, know, we Correct. need we need conflict. What yes. is what is a more clear cut form of, of conflict than a random guy coming in with a gun? It's life and death, Cayman. I love the fact that when Denny addresses him, he calls him chris r like <laughs> I was about to no say, other character in the film named chris right correct the amount of respect that you get your last initial announced mm-hmm. which makes me Scary ask character. which which makes me ask was there another character in the film that was cut called chris s or chris all chris l you know like who's this other chris we'll never know maybe we'll know in questions. the room too um a little trivia. So that scene that was on the rooftop, it was shot with a green screen, even though an actual rooftop was available, but they decided as a film crew, probably Tommy decided that they didn't want to use the rooftop. Let's just film it in front of a green screen, which. Can I, why? can I add to that? Yeah. Not only did they do that, they broke down that set, rebuilt it, broke it down, rebuilt it. That's exactly. why this budget is six to seven million dollars. Yeah. Hey. Absolutely fucking insane. This whole thing is insane. And when I'm sitting here, so I'm watching the movie by myself last night, and I'm writing this script out. And there was a moment where like I just got up. It was during one of the sex scenes. I just got <laughs> up and I went into the kitchen and made myself a snack and like fixed myself a drink, walked back in the sex scene scene was still playing. And honestly, I probably could have written the script not paying attention to the movie at all because probably not. Or probably, the script yeah. makes no fucking sense anyway. And no. for us yeah. reading it now, it makes no sense. But we now are cut. We immediately cut from this scene where the stakes, like Patrick said, have been raised so high. And we see Mark. He's laying in bed. And Lisa's on the other end of the, fo- of the line. So she's on the phone. And she tells him that she loves him. We then cut again because there's no fucking (laughs) this editing makes no sense. Johnny walks out onto the rooftop and he meets Mark. He's exclaiming that he did not hit her. It's dismissed. And Mark talks about women cheating, which brings up a wonderful line that we're going to get to in a second. Johnny tells Mark that he should have a girl. Denny comes out. Mark storms off for some reason. They toss around the old pigskin. And Denny tells Johnny that he's in love with Lisa 
Once again, this scene goes absolutely nowhere. But you know what scene does go somewhere? Nothing. Nothing goes anywhere in this fucking Nothing. Movie. But we do have another <laughs> clip to play. Roll, roll it. Yeah, and I think what is the most iconic scene from this whole movie? Yeah. Yeah. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hey, Johnny. What's up? I have a problem with Lisa. She said that I hit her. What? Well, did you? No, it's not true. Don't even ask. What's new with you? Well, I'm just sitting up here thinking, you know. I got a question for you. Yeah. You think girls like to cheat like guys do? What makes you say that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just... I'm just thinking. I don't have to worry about that because Lisa's loyal to me. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. I used to know a girl. She had a dozen guys. One of them found out about it, beat her up so bad she ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a story, Mark. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Well, we now cut Michelle and Lisa are drinking wine. Actually, can, can, tells- I, can we pause for a second? Yeah. One of my favorite iterations of that scene was when they announced that they were doing the disaster artist. The first trailer was just the filming of that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, was, I think, was such a great way to because I immediately was like, oh, I'm absolutely watching this movie because that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what a. Yeah, if, if you've not seen The Disaster Artist and you've seen The Room, I it, I, I think it's a great movie. You should know. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, You know, it's so during that, during the scene, the Ohan Mark scene, um, he actually carries his script in his pocket the entire time. And there's stories about how Tommy couldn't remember a single one of his lines. So each scene was shot several times because he just could not remember anything. Yeah. It's which I guess makes some sort of sense. <laughs> and the film making fun of it is amazing with yeah, everyone it's... on his staff yeah. repeating it for him. Well, this the the film cuts to Michelle, uh, who was the one that was getting it on in Johnny and Lisa's apartment, and Lisa, and they're drinking wine. Lisa tells Michelle that Johnny hit her. She tells Lisa that that's not a big deal because Johnny's a good guy. And Lisa tells her that she doesn't love Johnny and that she's met another person. Johnny comes home and is upset with Lisa because she's being a twat. The the line in this scene, you're turning me apart, Lisa, that, that he oh my yells, God. Uh, which is another trademark line from the film. Apparently Incredible. that line was taken from rebel without a cause. The 1955 yeah. classic Tommy considered James Dean's performance in that film. One of his main inspirations for this movie. <laughs> Just like, like the, he's got such like, he's so animated. Like, you know that this is like the one scene he's been waiting to do mm-hmm. like the entire time. And so he's so worked up and he's like, you're tearing me apart. Lisa. Yeah. Like, and it's, it, Oh my god, it's and it like it's this moment, like not that we haven't noticed it in the rest of the movie, but it's definitely in this moment where we're like, where the fuck is Tommy Wiseau from? Where? I, has it still not been confirmed? Um, obviously, no. guys, New Orleans, mm, right? I I, I, thought, I thought there was a story at some point within the last couple of years where he did admit that he is from somewhere in East Europe, but he didn't yes. say the country. In the in the book, there is a fake story 
kind of explaining his background, but it's never com- confirmed. So, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, Johnny overhears Lisa talking to her mom, and she mentions how she had sex with someone else. He decides to tap the phone with a tape recorder to catch Lisa. Uh, it's some trivia, Cayman. Tommy used a duck-lipped expression when filming the scene in which Johnny attaches a tape recorder to his phone because he was impressed with a Calvin Klein ad he had seen in a GQ issue he was reading before filming and was trying to imitate the Blue Steel-esque expressions of the model. Johnny talks with his friend Peter, and he confesses that Lisa is being unfaithful. Some trivia. In one scene, Peter seems dazed and is seen touching things, and this was because the actor Kyle Vogt had suffered a concussion and Tommy wouldn't let him leave for treatment. So this dazed and confused look was because he was in need of medical assistance. <laughs> this is also the first scene where we get our cheap, 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 cheap. It comes back again, but this is the first time that he cheeps. And, you know, I got I got I love a callback. Oh, just just bring it back. Let's bring it back. Cheap, 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 after the scene where Tommy and Tommy Johnny and Peter uh, are talking about Lisa's um, adultery, we're then cut to Peter coming up to the rooftop where he finds Mark. Peter confronts Mark on the rooftop and Mark threatens to throw him off the rooftop by hanging Peter over the ledge. Can we talk about Mark? He has a, he he has anger problems. He does. He has a lot of anger. Yeah. He he needs a therapist. He needs yeah. help. He needs guidance. It's rough. He He's needs us. Explosive. It's tough. He is. Yeah. He, he he does a, a real Batman move there by hanging him off the ledge. Where is he, Rachel? Rachel. Yeah. You know, I have to say, it's it. So he like hangs him over the ledge, right? And he's like giving him. He's like, he's like, I'll do it. He's like, ooh, and everyone gets all like all shitty about it. And then all of a sudden, Peter's just like, he like lets him go. And Peter's like, that wasn't cool, Mark. And Mark's like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Mark and is two face. He is Harvey then. Sure. That's what's happening. Yep. It's insane. Absolutely insane. We then move on to Johnny and Mark at a coffee shop. And they're there to get some hot <laughs> chocolate and some cheesecake. Johnny asks Mark's Mark about his sex life and then leaves. Yep. Also, <laughs> and I, I'm not even making this up when I'm like, <laughs> they literally go to a coffee shop and Johnny's just like, ha, can I get a hot chocolate? Right. And the, lady's like, the lady's like, do you want some cheesecake too? And he's like, ha, 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 no. And they mention and- cheesecake like five times. Hey. Yeah, and and even what you were just talking about, like the only reason he brings up Mark's sex life is to ignore another topic, but he ignores it by asking the most ridiculous question. With it's, how's your sex life? It's a classic tactic. Yeah, it works. It, it works, right? Honestly, I feel back. like we we need more baristas to ask if we want cheesecake with our hot chocolate though i do i think starbucks needs that's to just carry yeah that's why i don't tip yeah that's I a great don't tip mm-hmm. yeah. they don't have if they don't have if you don't have cheesecake no, it's tip. your I'm coffee sorry, shop guys, I, I tip i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to johnny's apartment 
And Mark and Lisa have sex. Fourth sex scene. Fourth Which sex scene. You might be asking not enough. You, you might be asking yourself how much raw right right raw time raw. of the movie was spent with sex happening. Mm. 10% how? of the entire movie. 10, 10%. minutes. Over mm. 10 minutes of total runtime. Art. Look. Art imitates life and yes. how is life Thank created you. with sex? With sex. Here, can would I just ask a question for both of you? Cayman, can yes. You, can you just take a second to ask us a question? What do you think Tommy Wiseau's penis looks like? Ooh. Okay, great question. I'm yeah. ready. Great question. Nick, take it away. Yep. Oh, yeah. A little uh-huh. bit of a curve. A little bit of a, a curve. A little bit of a curve. A little bit of thickness, but very skinny. Yep. Very skinny. And yeah. One one big vein. Oh, Whoa. sure. Whoa, I think yeah. there's like the rest of the, but this vein is too purple. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. This is one really big purple. You know what I kind of imagine his penis looks like? What do you imagine? Already. Like, take a candle. Uh-huh. Okay. Like, you know those long candles that you get, like the long, skinny candles? Uh huh. I see. Okay. Flip gonna, it upside gonna, down, yeah. okay. light it on fire. Okay, because this guy's definitely not circumcised. Okay, okay. Well, and sure. it's just like it's the it, the skin at this point just looks like drips, right? Drips. Okay, and it's it's like he's probably got a ten inch dong. He so, probably, but it's skinny yeah. as hell. This thing's like a pencil. There's the the classic phrase: "You're either a grower or a shower." What people don't know is that there's actually a longer version of that phrase, which is "You're either a grower, a shower, or a dripper." Hamlet Act Two, Scene Three. Correct. Yes. Hamlet Act Two, Scene Three. Thank you, Nick. And Tommy, definitely a dripper. That thing just. And you know, like it, it, like I'm sorry, but Tommy can't get an erection. There's I no mean, way he can get an erection. Tommy, Tommy, we're sorry. I I know he's listening. Yeah, but he probably if, is. If anyone is listening, it's Tommy. And um, 100%. sorry, you drip. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Some of us drip. It's okay. Some. It's it's okay to drip. Some of us okay, drip, buddy. Maybe not gonorrhea trip. It's not okay if you have yeah. a gonorrhea trip. If you have a gonorrhea trip, you, like, you really need to go to a doctor. Yeah. 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 Keith has Don't a gonorrhea trip. Don't go chasing trip. waterfalls. TLC. Right. Yeah. Hamlet Act 2, Scene 3. Thank you. Yeah. It all, it all comes back. It all comes back to Hamlet. You know, I think it always comes back to Hamlet. All right. Well... After a bunch of random scenes, almost a montage, <laughs> one might say, of the boys playing in the park, Lisa and her mother fight over whether she should marry Johnny for like the 57th time in this fucking film. <laughs> Johnny comes home to a surprise party and all of his friends are there. He says, wow, and all right. And that's about how it. surprised he is. There are... Like, you know the acting is bad in this movie. Like, you know it's bad in this movie. But you really know it's bad in this movie when the surprise party and he comes in, he's just like, wow, wow, all right, wow, all right, all right. And, like, that's all you can muster. Like, that's all you can muster. He obviously didn't have some given circumstance. He didn't have an as if. He didn't have these these necessary uh, 
ideologies and thoughts from an acting perspective came in. That's what he was missing. <laughs> that that cast and crew hated him by that time. Oh, it was 100%. Over. Yeah. Oh, no. They, yeah, because he shot the film, if I'm not mistaken, he shot the film in chronological order. Right. And I mean, so, even Greg's responses, you could tell when Greg was into it and when Greg was over it. Oh, yeah. And he, that and he's seen yeah. anything with Greg without a beard. Yeah. Oh, Greg he's is not gone. happy. He is fucking gone. He even <laughs> says too, like, yeah, that he mentions how he is like, um, how he's like phoning it in half the time yeah. to see the movie. It's a classic Henry Cavill situation where, you know, the beard is gone. The beard is there. And, you know, what can you do? That's CGI. It. Yeah. Why he didn't have a CGI beard is beyond me, honestly. Uh, but hey, I that's why I didn't make this movie. Yeah, we review. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, Lisa convinces everyone to go outside for some fresh air, but she keeps Mark back so they can make out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some random guy walks in who we have never seen in this movie up to this point, and he yells at both of them, basically telling them like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? This is gonna." hurt johnny's feelings and honestly this might be the best actor in the whole film sure also i think this actor has no clue what movies he's in either nope he went on the wrong lot back outside johnny informs the crowd that lisa is pregnant no fucking clue where that came from i mean they've had sex so many times so much there was no scene that there's no scene that leads up to this right sure oh oh, yeah like lisa being like you know Hey, oh, Johnny, you want I'm structure? <laughs> you want connective tissue? Yeah. What are we expecting for this film? Well, this is the room, baby. You know what I want? I want a spinoff film that is all of the whatever happens before with this random guy that comes in yeah. to where the, the very last moment of the film is him entering into this scene. <laughs> That's what I want. I kind of feel like that, like the whole movie, like he's... Um, it's definitely part of the John Wick universe. Right. Yeah. Like he's 100% a hitman. And yeah. like he just, and he's going through some rough shit, right? Like he yeah. just wants fucking get to this party, but he's getting chased by all these assassins and shit. And he's yeah. just done with it. Oh, I get it. This he comes in and he's the first, this yeah. is the first thing he sees when yeah. he comes in is like his boy, Johnny's girl is making out oh. with Johnny's best friend. And now he's shit. put them all in danger by, by coming to this party. Wow, Very this true. really That's just opened rough. up a whole layer to and, this that I didn't and know existed. Honestly, you bringing that up, shame on him. True, shame bringing on that him. to this party. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, what a well, that's kind of an asshole move. Well, yeah, yeah. Lisa is confronted by Michelle and also that random guy, the presumably the hitman uh, that we were just talking mm-hmm. about, and she admits to both of them there is no baby, but they're going to get married, so that doesn't really matter. Because a baby will eventually come about. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I know this movie has absolutely nothing happening in it. But like at the same time, like, how do you get out of that? Right. Yeah. Like, what do you do? I mean, it's. Are you saying, like, I'm going to. Sorry, keep going. Like, do you, like, I have a, I, I had a miscarriage and you just, like, you cannot come to the doctor with me at all? Yeah, baby. I mean, it's total manipulation. It's like, such red flag behavior. She needs to be stopped. Hold on. Johnny is an important accountant. Okay. At a bank. 
at a bank. At a he bank. doesn't have time for this baby issues. Sure. San Francisco, he, very famous bank town. Yes. A lot of, lot of banking jobs in San Francisco. A lot Literally, of banks. The 49ers, the football team that actually is about banking. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Whoa. It's because the 49th bank ever was built in San Francisco. You know what we haven't addressed? Not only does he work for a bank, he's saving this bank so much money. So much money. Right. So much this money. That's why we do this cast. <laughs> this is why. This is why. Um, we, these are hot button topics. Yeah, look, they need to be talked about. They need to be addressed. And that's exactly what we're doing here today. Duh. They go back. All of the group goes back inside to eat a little cake. And Mark confronts Lisa about the baby, which kind of rightfully so. Like the two of them have been yeah. fucking on and off now for a while in this movie. And Mark's like, is it my kid? Is it Johnny's kid? Who's it? And she says, there is no baby. Doesn't matter. No baby. Okay. There is no baby. Mark sees or Johnny sees this fight going down and he says, hey, the fuck are you doing? My lady, he comes over. They get into a little tussle, but things are resolved quickly enough. Yeah. Beautiful. So while filming the fight between Johnny and Mark, Tommy really was actually physically hurting Greg, the guy who plays uh, Mark. By the end of it, the latter uh, had bruises all over his arms and wrists from Johnny's hands, which had apparent cyborg like strength. That was a quote from Greg. Can you imagine these like gangly fucking wax strip arms that are just grotesque and like Frankenstein monster? And this guy has like just ridiculous strength. I mean, it sounds super buff. It sounds like, oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds like he is not human. Yeah, I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't think he he does. I mean, don't get wrong. We've seen him almost completely nude. Sure. We've seen all everything but his drip penis at this point. Yep. So if he has tentacles, I mean, he could very well have tentacles. Yeah. If he drips, yeah. you must acquit. Wasn't that the, the age? I old think that's how that goes. Yeah. Line, that yeah. Goes. Why do you think they won? Right. That right there. Yeah. It well, makes sense. Thank you. The, John, the defense Johnny, rests. Johnny sees Mark and Lisa getting a little too hot and heavy on the dance floor. And a second fight breaks out between the two. Johnny storms off upstairs and everyone at the party leaves. Some more trivia. During the filming of the party confrontations and the trashing the apartment scenes, Tommy had been taking heavy dosages of NyQuil to combat a stuffy nose and sore throat and had been excessively drinking Red Bull to counteract the sedative effects of the medicine. In the movie, he looks convincingly drunk or stoned, slurring and barely awake, but in reality, he was just exhausted. Take DayQuil. Tommy. Take take well. I mean, okay. Hold on. This is like the closest thing that you can get to a legal speedball, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. He is he's high. He's this is why this is why they check your ID at CVS when you're trying to buy these drugs. Tommy Wiseau. Because they were fault. like, we saw the room. Mm-hmm. Not pulling it on not, us. Nope, not this time. Nope, you're not. But you can have some penicillin because you have drip <laughs> penis. Yeah. Johnny locks himself in the bathroom. So Lisa decides to call Mark. It tells him she loves him. And he tells her to, quote, ditch this freak and come up to his place because he, quote, wants her body. <laughs> According to Juliet Danielle, when Tommy said the line, in a few minutes, bitch, everyone on the set began laughing at him. 
and Tommy came out of the bathroom and demanded to know what was so funny. Like at the, I, I, at this point, everyone had to be talking so much shit about him. Yeah. Like when you work on a show or a movie or TV, whatever, obviously you talk about the work that's being done. Like the, there is conversation yeah. to be had and like everyone must have been just talking so much shit about Tommy this whole time. And I just wish I could have heard some of it. Well, and swag. They filmed it. He filmed so what people said about him during <laughs> the Pariah game. Wait, like, really? He yes. filmed I missed this. everything. He would take notes and be like, this person was shit talking me and have like hidden microphones around to like make like to listen in. What makes it so much better is by the end of filming, because this whole thing's a shit show, right? They got to a point where apparently the cast and crew were so fed up with just being there that they would stop like checking the lens. So like all of these shots that they were doing would just be completely out of focus because no one would have adjusted the lens. And so they would just do whatever they wanted. And then, dude, they were getting paid bank, though. Like that sure. was the thing. They were getting paid bukus of money to be here to film this movie. And so like just no one gave a shit. I had no idea that he was using nanny cam mics and shit to be spying on the crew that's amazing he oh yeah literally wanted to do like a behind the scenes and from day one had someone filming they just didn't realize that like he was doing it so he could watch at night what people were saying about him this he is, is insane he is now, the insane. question is do you think that he masturbated to these behind the scene videos yes yeah i yeah. mean he also to the movie because he has sex with this woman four times, probably against her will. Like I'm sure yes. there, yeah, he had a lot to be putting in a spank bank. Well, Heart. while sitting in the bathroom, Johnny overhears part of the conversation between Lisa and Mark. Then he gets up, he leaves the bathroom, he finds the tape recording, and he plays it back. <laughs> After hearing the conversation, he loses his mind, which honestly is fair. And then Lisa tells him that she's leaving him. During his rage-filled freakout, Johnny screams. He pushes things over. He throws a TV out the window. He empties some dresser drawers. He breaks a mirror. He dry humps one of Lisa's dresses. And then he blows his brains out. And, and a, an incredible use of... I don't know what the effect is called. because I mean, it's slow motion, but it's that like very like stunted slow motion where it's like yeah yeah like it's like staccato slow motion it, i don't yeah. know what that's called there's probably a, a word for that effect but oh, honestly it's so should, 90s done it an hour ago <laughs> in the movie yeah. and yes it is such a 90s effect yeah. like as uh, but before he actually commits the deed and before he puts the gun in his mouth obviously he says his final words god Forgive me. Bang. Bang. Some trivia that I think this is the, the perfect place you could have put this piece of trivia came in. <laughs> Apparently one time Tommy yelled at a crew member for farting on set. <laughs> a real hard left turn right there. This man has just killed himself. Let's talk about how he got mad at farting. Or <laughs> farting. You just did that to fuck with me, didn't you? Yes. A thousand percent. Yes. I when I was going through all the trivia facts that I saw that I was like <laughs> the only way that this should go is right there. Like, this... 
You're a menace. Just, can you imagine that being the scene that he does it? Like <laughs> he's so emotional. He's so into this moment. He's got the gun. He's like, God forgive me. And you just hear like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he just gets up. He fucking loses his mind and he's like, How dare you fart on my set? Like, oh my god, that would be incredible. So oh wait, so the fart happened during that scene. No, I don't know when oh, okay, the fart okay, happened. Okay. I'm just but, hoping that it happened also in hope. the climax. I see. Okay. I just God. can't. I'm sorry. This I've been waiting this whole time for yeah. this one moment to come Thank up you. so we could do this one joke. Thank you. <sighs> I hope it landed. <laughs> hey, it worked for me. Landed like a wet fart. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently the gunshot is loud enough to wake everyone in the building because Mark and Lisa run in and find his lifeless body. Lisa asks Mark that since she just lost Johnny to a gunshot wound, that she will still have Mark, right? He pushes her off and says, you never had me. Blames her for Johnny's death. Denny runs in after because, like I said, this gunshot is loud enough for everyone in the building to hear. Denny runs in. He loses his shit. He blames both of them and tells them both to leave. The film ends with Denny holding Johnny's corpse with Mark and Lisa crying over him. Roll credits. This movie makes no fucking This sense. movie is so fucking bad. It makes no sense. Is art. <laughs> oh my hey. god. No, no, that is not art. That's fart. Mm. Oh, excuse me. I uh my my voice. Fart, excuse me. Yes. Fart. Yeah, yeah. This, this is fart. Oh my god. Okay. Well, before we get into our <laughs> final thoughts, and there's a lot of them. Patrick, why don't you close us off with a whole fuck ton of trivia? Oh yeah, we got a lot, lot left over. Left for you. So okay. Yes. Uh one of four pieces of remaining trivia. The first one shot simultaneously on 35 millimeter film and high definition video. Tommy was confused about the differences between the formats. So he used both cameras on the same mount. And he also purchased the cameras instead of renting them as film productions usually do, because I guess he didn't realize that you could actually rent film and he spent a lot of money on those. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, also, according to Greg, Tommy intended for the film to contain a subplot in which Johnny, who Tommy plays, was revealed to be a vampire. But due to Wiso's own fascination, <laughs> I can't do <laughs> uh, due to Wiso's own fascination with the creatures. Sistera recounts how at the outset of production, Wiso talked to the members of the crew uh, about figuring out a way to execute a sequence in which Johnny's Mercedes Benz would lift off from the roof of the townhouse and fly across the San Francisco skyline, revealing Johnny's vampiric nature. Well, how does that reveal his nature? Well, hold on. Wait, hold on. I'm do amazed. We, do we think that Danny at the end of Greece is also a vampire? Ooh, oh, Ooh. Wow. All right. It makes sense. It makes wow. sense. If you if you if you carry the one, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. Uh, apparently, we so eventually decided to drop the subplot after learning that there was no practical way to film a flying car on the production's budget. It had to be practical, which I understand. I respect that it had to be a practical. Hey, effect. swag. Now, don't get me wrong. Spend the money on the cameras, HD, everything like that. But the flying car. Can't do. Can't do it. Now, my question is like, what do we think this movie would be like if there was a vampire subplot? Would it be more of a mess or um, would it be better? I mean, 
Ooh. I think it probably would have done both at the same time, but honestly, it might have actually given some sort of like plot structure to this if the reason yeah. that he's acting the way he is is because he's actually a vampire. A big yeah. vampire. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think it would prep people for Twilight. So that's sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. I, I definitely think Tommy Wiseau would sparkle. Oh, for oh, sure. I, I mean, think he would sparkle. Parts of him definitely yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, Another piece of trivia, Tommy claims to have financed the film by importing and selling leather jackets from South Korea. He refuses to further elaborate on this. However, according to Greg Sestero, uh, the book, the, uh, the uh, excuse me, let me take that back. However, according to Greg Sestero's book, The Disaster Artist, he said Tommy financed the film from working in real estate and entrepreneurship, which all of that, I'm just having giant bells ringing that says drug dealer, drug dealer drug dealer this man deals drugs and that's how he financed this whole food, uh, this whole movie but that's yeah. my own opinion michael russelet and scott gardner started the cult movement in 2003 upon seeing the first initial run of the room in theaters mesmerized and obsessed they brought a hundred friends to a final four screenings during the last three days of the room's theatrical run they ran amok in the theater, bringing props such as spoons, a football, and roses as a sort of a Viking funeral, believing the film would <laughs> never be seen again. Which, thank you, Michael, and thank you, Scott, is all yeah. I have to say. <clears throat> it's lived on in infamy. All right, well, trivia is done and is out of the way, and God damn it, we somehow it. finished this fucking movie. But before we end the actual episode, let's get on to our final thoughts. On this segment of the episode, we do, we call Save It or Can It. Do we save this film or do we can this film? We will start with you, Patrick. What do you think we should do with The Room? Because of its cultural impact and because of all of the trivia that we've discussed, for so many reasons, the only answer is save it. Because it is such an important piece of cinema that needs to live on forever, even though it is objectively the worst fucking movie I've ever watched. Mm. Mm -hmm. I yeah, it's it's got to be saved. Like there's it, this is this this movie defines a generation. Came in, it really does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, Nick, your final thoughts and whether you think this film should be saved or canned. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick would be jealous of this movie. Um, <laughs> okay, actually, I have a great way to explain this movie. Yeah. My wifey, Sarah. Hey, babe. Hey, Sarah. Um, she is not a film person at all. She was giggling by the third sex scene. Sure. And when I looked over at her and her... Sweet smiles. I said, save this movie. Save this movie. Save it. Cheap, 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 disagree with a single thing anyone has said. This movie is absolute ass. This movie is the feeling you get when you have realized you've entered into rush hour traffic and you're about to shit your pants. Mm -hmm. It's excruciating. It is awful. It is hard to process. Everything about this movie sucks. But 
it sucks in a way that's actually hilarious and uh just highly entertaining it is so 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 bad and god damn it i can't help but just love it you know everything from tommy wiseau being an absolute fucking freak of nature who's apparently really strong and his dick looks like a a half-melted candle and those weird purple veins jutting out of it to your ability to see the cast just not giving a fuck at the very end of the film because they just don't. And it's so much about it is so bad. And I have to say, I think if you have any sort of film collection at all, you must 100% own this movie. Especially Uh, now that you can't stream it for free. You got, we have to own it. All of us have to own it. Yeah, true. But it's a movie you must watch with friends. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I watched it solo and I mean, I've seen it so many times and I always do movie nights and this is a a hot pick for everyone. And, you know, when like doing it solo, man, this was a miserable experience. Sure. I laughed a ton, but God, it was not that fun. Uh, Definitely watch with people. You, you won't get the same enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts from either one? Anything that we felt that we missed that you want to cover before we end this episode? I mean, there I'm sure there are a thousand things that we could have talked about, but I just I got one last cheap 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 All right, well, that's it, guys. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate, review, share the hell out of it with your friends, loved ones, and worst of enemies. Honestly, word of mouth is key here, and we are not beggars. Also, Patrick, fuck Keith. Fuck Keith. Nick, fuck Keith. Ew. 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 If you're interested in video games, check out our main podcast, the Spotlight Games Podcast, and all of your favorite streaming services. We also have a YouTube channel, so don't be a heathen and watch this banter about video games there as well. In the meantime, you can follow me at Kid Kamen. Patrick at Patrick Schwag or our main podcast is Spotlight Games Pod on Twitter and Spotlight Games Podcast on Instagram. If you want to be part of the show, whether it be a guest host or have a movie recommendation like the one we covered today, you can reach us at SaveTrashCinema at gmail.com or SaveTrashCinema on all socials. Remember, by Big Box Office, Save Trash Cinema. How dare you talk to me like that? You should tell me everything. I can't talk right now. Why, Lisa? Why, Lisa? Please talk to me, please. You're part of my life. You are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. You're scaring me. You are lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa.